It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it in. He's got it in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Slips in a Gully. I am joined by both my co-hosts tonight. How are you, Glenn? I'm good. I'm good. You went to me first. I did. Thought I'd yeah. change it up, see if I yeah. catch you napping. No. Well, you almost did. <laughs> uh, and Captain Gary, how are you? I am here and being accounted for. Well, I'm assuming you're pretty tired today, then, with that. Uh, yes. Usually. What, what you... time are you up? About five. Okay. Well, close. I was, I got up at six. So you've only been up for three hours. Yeah. yeah. My brain <laughs> says I know how to do maths, and my brain doesn't know how to do that math at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so we've got plenty of cricket to talk about, and we have wrapped up the uh, Ashes, oh, sorry, the Ashes, the uh, the T20s against Sri Lanka. We wrapped up the Ashes a while ago. So we've got those to talk about. Um, and uh, we, we've had a, quite an interesting cricket date. It was the... Just before we recorded this episode, it was cricket the, date. That sounds good. It was the twenty second of the second, two thousand and twenty two. Right. Or you didn't say it right. How should I have said it? Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't want to be the guy to put the two of the two two thousand and twenty two. Well, nobody <laughs> says the two though. That's the problem. Twenty second of the second. Uh, Yes, no. so the da- oh, well, I feel talking, like that's how Richie would have said it. We're talking about the great man Richie Benno, and uh, yes, he's very, he's very famous pronunciation of the number two, two for twenty two, two thousand and twenty two. So yes, that's the last time I'm going to butcher that accent. I Sorry, promise that it's gone away. I think he does it better than me. At least. <laughs> I so we thought bit. we'd. Uh, we had a bit of a discussion about uh, whether or not we do this one or we do the 2nd of April, 2022. 2 um, But we want to talk about Richie. We didn't want to wait that long to talk about Richie Benner. So we did it now for the uh, 2 22 2022. 
So it works. We're doing that. And that, that is the last time I'm pulling it out. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we've got lots of cricket to talk about. So all good things coming up right after this. So the uh, series between Sri Lanka and Australia have wrapped up the T20 internationals. Um, depending on who you ask, you might not have known that they were on, as the uh, there certainly wasn't many pe- many people in the crowds for those games. But it ended up being a four-one victory to Australia across the five T20s, and um, mm. I think it was a fair indication of the output of both sides. But I do have to say, I think with the um, with the ball, Sri Lanka kept us honest. Uh, I think they were probably a little underpowered for the majority of the series with the bat. There was that one game where they got it to uh, the the super over, and they obviously did win yeah. the the last one. But I think overall, it was probably the batting that let them down. But the, the, they relied a lot on that uh, young opener of theirs, Nishanko. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be a good player. He's going to be a good player. Uh, it, it will be good. Yeah, in I mean, all three formats. Yeah, he doesn't have quite have the power, but when he's when he's in. He places the ball really well. Yeah, he's certainly a guy I think that's going. To, they'll look to to bat long, and you build an inning like a building innings around him. He did. He mm. did score the most runs for the series. Mm. Yeah, and he, he didn't have any support really. Um, Not till the end, yeah. anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like Shandabal batted way too low in in the first three at least. Um, well, there were a lot of um, really. Chris good... Mendes was a bit disappointing. There, there were some good young players that came in. I was really impressed with um, with Hasarango. I thought he bowled really well. Yeah. Um, I thought he was a really big shining light. And uh, um, I do. I'm, I'm going to refuse to call that whatever Shane Warne. Oh, I can't even oh remember God. Gosh, he was trying to <laughs> shoot on that, wasn't he? Oh, the Undertaker. <laughs> that was in The Undertaker. And then he changed it to Wheelbarrow. And then... oh, I just... Like, yeah. just drilling holes into my head. He <laughs> <laughs> was, was particularly bad. Did you right? see that game, Gary? Uh, yeah. I don't think so. So, what Hasaranga is a ball that he bowls really sidearm. Yeah, so I've seen it, yeah. And um, for some reason that Warren decided that that should be called the Undertaker. And then, so as you can imagine, for the next four and a half overs, every second word out of yeah. his mouth was, what about the Undertaker that he bowls? The Undertaker. I think the Undertaker is a great name for that ball, the Undertaker. And then they went to Russell Arnold, the sideline commentator, and again, Russell, what do you think about the Undertaker for that side delivery? And I can't remember what it was now. And, and Russell said that he already had a name for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then the, as soon as he gave the yeah. name for it, Shane Warne, and um, I can't remember what it was now, but immediately said about mispronouncing it to call yeah, it something like, else. Yeah, not even trying. Like, I don't even think there was an attempt to say it correctly. It was, yeah. this sounds like this. Oh, let's yeah. call it this. It was like... You've asked the guy. The guy's giving yeah. you the name that the bowler who bowls it calls the ball, and you're yeah. like, "No, I'm going to make it. And I, just going to butcher the name and make another name." To be honest, it. I think I think the best commentator they had on was Russell Arnold. It was a pity he wasn't allowed in the commentary box. Mm. Yeah, um, I thought it was great. I think it must have been a COVID regulation. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, and I think too because when that when they moved venues, I imagine that those guys didn't follow them. They just. Yeah. commentated out of the box, whereas Russell Arnold was with the team, so he was actually on the ground. Yeah, so he, I, he definitely I, had the most insightful things to say, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is setting a uh, it's setting a low mark for the, um, yeah. the Fox T Twenty commentary team. Most well, considering he's yeah he's a, an occasional commentator. Yeah, um, but uh, there was some there was some 
uh, really big moments. Ben McDermott finally got a crack. Uh, David Warner was rested for this series, and he got a uh, his debut 50 for Australia. He didn't really contribute too much for the rest of the series. So while we're all, well, I'm a big fan of McDermott for having been for a couple of years. I'm not sure how you guys feel, but I really want him to, to find a home. I think he could be a really good player in at least two of the formats, potentially the third if he had some strong shield performances behind him. 83 uh, runs he scored for the whole series. Yeah, and he had 50 of those in, in one game. So not good enough, um, unfortunately. He'll come along. You're going to get those opening the batting. You're going to get some dud scores. He would have liked, I think, at least two pretty good scores and, yeah. and didn't really get them. But um, he'll probably have another crack at opening the batting because I don't think Warner was included in the limited overs. No, there was a big um, song and dance about them. Yeah. Limited overs games for Pakistan. So he'll get probably uh, prolonged exposure there. Um, how about for... The Steve Smith's almost catch that ended up concussing him. How great an effort was that in the second game? Oh, yeah. Did you guys catch that? Where yeah, it was did, yeah. do, do you think that was a six? It was a six. His foot was... By, by the rules it is, but should it be? I, I don't think it should be. I think they should be changing the rules to be a little bit like soccer in yeah. the sense that so long as the ball doesn't touch the rope mm. um, or you're not touching... Um, yeah, so long as yeah. you're not touching... The ball's not touching the rope... Um, it's not a boundary. So all those ones where like they're sliding in and they rake it back and you just kind of see whether or not it's got off his fingers in time that his you know, other elbow was just brushing it and we'll spend 20 minutes looking at frame-by-frame frame replays. Just go, did the ball yeah. hit the rope? No, all right. Was he standing on the other side of the rope knocking it back in? No, okay. Play on. Yeah. So I think in that sense, because Smith wasn't on the other side of the rope yeah. That should have been a should have been a save, but by the rules yeah. as they are now, he well, yeah, his I mean, gather step was he brushed the rope and he didn't take another step to then properly well, establish yeah, himself I mean, inside the rope. I don't know if I, if I'd go that far, but to me the rope replaces the fence, the fence yeah. and the whole reason for the rope replacing the fence was uh, injuries. Well, basically it was because of Brad Young sliding in and, and killing his needs. Yeah, Ponting did it as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the rule used to be that you could lean on the fence yeah. to take the catch. So you can lean on the rope to take the catch. I don't see the difference. As long as you're not over it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think if you're on the playing field side of the rope <laughs> yeah. um, before you touch the ball, yeah. then it should be play on. And in that sense, it should have been... Mm. Should have been a fantastic, you know, saved four or five runs. I'm not sure if they went back for the oh, no. for the second. But, <laughs> you're um, just about broke his neck. Trying oh to do man! That. But you, what I love about Smudge, though, he would have been he would have been seeing stars. And then as soon as he got up, they checked he was sort of mildly <laughs> yeah. okay. And then he looked over and he went. You could see him mouthing six, and then he mouthed another word that yeah, I yeah. can't say on here. Oh. And then looked up and like he was angry at himself that he didn't save the six. And I'm like, that's yeah. one of the best fielding efforts I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was that was phenomenal, and that game was a great game. That one um, dragged, yeah, you know, they dragged that to a, a super over. Mm. Uh, Josh Inglis was a player that um, I was very impressed with. He ended up having quite a few handy knocks. Very glad to see him. 155 in total for the series. So yeah. well, he's not going to have a high average, but he's going to be good for like getting a quick 20, 30, 40. Yeah, and he plays um, like he he, he plays. Proper T20 cricket when he comes out there, he's he's yeah. good to go from ball one. He you know 
plays yeah. some really good cricket shots. I mean, that first game where he just smashed one through the covers and then preempted a reverse paddle sweep thing and got bowled was not great. But other mm. than that, he looks to be playing aggressive and getting out there, and that's what you need in the middle order. If you're going to be batting, you know, five or six, yeah. get out there and you're aiming for a strike rate one forty plus. Run the ball hard, hit boundaries. Yeah. It's good to see him in our system. I mean, there's there's a few experts talking about him as a three formats player. Hmm. Or well, I would think we, we already have. We're experts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um. Carey by no means has nailed down the the test keeper position. He, you know, he was neither that effective with the bat or the gloves during the Ashes. So while he's a very talented cricketer, and we've seen him um, come up with some very big innings, especially in the one day format. Yeah. Um, and I still still think it's his to lose. You obviously want to give him a little bit of time to settle in, but uh, he won't with with English hot on the heels. Uh, mm. I don't think Carey's got. A very long leash. He's going to want to have a some reasonably convincing performances over in the in Pakistan. Um, otherwise, he could be on a very very hot yeah, seat. I, I think Inglis is just a bit of a longer term prospect now. I yeah, think. he's much you younger know, as well. So Kerry's close to thirty, or is he on the other side? I think he's. I think he's turned thirty. Yeah. So on thirty, mm. um, we also tried out uh, a brand, another brand new opener partway through the series. We gave Ashton Agar a crack at the top of the order. <laughs> yeah, that was in. interesting. I was a bit shocked when he walked out to the middle. I'm like, oh, is everyone sick, or did he just have the pads on, or? He wasn't very effective with with the bat, but he bowled 72 deliveries in that series. He didn't get hit for a single boundary. Yeah. So he, his primary job, which is bowling, he, he, he was very effective at. So I, I am, like, I'm a big yeah, fan I think of that. They, they were trying to yeah. find something there, and I, I don't know why. His economy rate was like 3.9, so it was like the, the best Australian. I think they yeah. were just trying to squeeze squeeze him in somewhere. and try, yeah, they, wanted to, they, they wanted to use Inglis uh, sort of Stoinis Wade in that middle, yeah. like that finishing bit. So having... And they didn't want to drop a bowler to get him in behind them. So I think that... Uh, yeah. So you think it was just because it was a bit of a nothing series that they were trying to experiment yeah. with? Uh, yeah. So Smith was out, so they brought Agar in. I think uh, Finch went down to three and mm. and they went with Agar at the top. Um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to look moving forward because obviously you're going to have Marsh and, and Warner coming back in. But at least it's... Yeah. Um, Agar has proven his worth with the ball again. So he's always going to be in the... In the selectors' minds, especially if we're going over to, um, you know, over to Pakistan, where the ball, where you know, you might really think about playing two spinners, mm. depending on uh, depending on the conditions. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a good series. I, I think Sri Lanka obviously be disappointed not to have won, not not to have won it. They're they're a young upcoming team, but I think even in the losses, they had, uh, you know, things that they could. Uh, Hold their yeah. heads up high. Hasaranga played well. Um, Nisanka played well. Mm. Um, you know, they never they never really game. gave it away. Like they were in tough positions and yeah, and fought hard for against a side that really you know had their number and never really looked overly overly daunted by it. They tried they to stay in the fight. They were just outclassed by. Mm. By a well, better team. I, honestly, though, I think Australia could be better. I know they're World Cup champions and they really cruised through that series quite easily. But there's a lot of ways that they can improve. Yeah, um, 100%. Aaron Finch has just not looked 100%. Even Steve Smith, he just hasn't looked like flowing in the shorter format. Like, I, I'm, I've been at, like, leading up to the World Cup, I was a big advocate of you have to pick Steve Smith. 
yeah. I don't think Smith is an automatic selection now. His World Cup wasn't that good. Um, and, you know, he's played a lot of test cricket and there was a short turnaround to coming and playing some short-form cricket. Yeah. Um, I think he needs to make every, like, legitimate, we're not trying new players out, but when you're picking your best T20 squad, I think he's in the squad. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know, with some of these players like Inglis coming through and Marsh's emergence and you well, know, they're, McDermott they're, coming around, I don't know necessarily yeah. if he's the automatic to, to fill and, in that, especially yeah, considering I mean, your fault. They're, they're, they're constantly playing T20 cricket, those guys. And, yeah. I, I mean, I know that Steve Smith's a, an amazing player, but, I mean, when you've already had a full season and you haven't, they, these guys haven't had to play any other rhythm, you know. They've just got to go in there and, and play T20. I think maybe he, he might look to just retire from the T20s and prolong oh, his test career. I don't think we're at that point yet. Uh I just think I feel that Steve Smith's best position is at three, and he's not likely to keep that position. His Marsh is playing, so it's just is he going to be then your best player at four? And if you get deep enough into your innings, you're then going to move Maxwell up the order, and then you've got Smith sliding down and is yeah. your best finisher. So Smith's in an awkward spot that if if Marsh is going to be the number three for Australia, then yeah. it, it's same, similar with Kawaja issue that we had in the in the 50-over World Cup, whereas Kawaja yeah. sort of had to bat in the in the top three and ended up finding himself at four behind or finding himself at, yeah, at three and it just sort of mm. it just seemed to be the odd one out. He didn't Do you think really, he could open? I think Smith could open for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily think that he's the best option. So we've got plenty of openers. So I wouldn't, True. I wouldn't be, well, well, to be fair, I wouldn't be picking Finch, but he's going to be there. Um, I know, but how long are we going to do that too? I, I, I hope, feel like we've been talking about this for a long time. I'm hoping to the end of this World Cup and then All Finch right. will step aside. I mean, he's been <laughs> he, he's been average for two years. So, yeah. what, so what happens if we win the World Cup? Well, I'm still I'm hoping that Finch decides <laughs> to go out on a high. and have, He'll defend, be like, nah, I've got this, boys. Won a World Cup, defended he, it on home soil. He is a very calm captain. I will give him that. I don't know how you can be that calm when you're playing your captaining T20. It's just like, oh, yeah, he got smashed for 20 off that over. Um, I think he'll get it right this time, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no doubt that, he, that he's a quality captain. He, yeah. he, he's he got a knack for pulling the right strings in the right games. But, you know... At some point, Australia can't just pick a specialist captain. Finch is going to need to perform. Yeah. And um, bats at eight doesn't bowl, calls the shots. That sounds familiar. Yeah, but I, yeah, with the World Cup, the, the two World Cups being back to back, as soon as they won, yeah, the the one in the UAE, I was like, well, we're going to be stuck with with Aaron Finch now for. At least another twelve oh, months because know. they'll they'll give him the opportunity to def- if we got if we got trounced and didn't make the semis might or you know yeah. got absolutely flogged in the semifinals I think they might have then decided well we need to revamp things moving yeah. forward for the home but now that did, he's won it they're going to give him every chance to yeah. defend your didn't, didn't work for JL though did it no it didn't work for JL <laughs> you never know who's been texting so that's, yeah that's, yeah. Yeah. that's it <laughs> uh, so yeah so it was a good series. Uh, as we sort of made a small joke about it. It was quite concerning that uh, the, the crowds didn't seem to be uh, well, all that interested. It's, it's just like, for me, it's just like relevance, question mark. 
Is it relevance or is it fatigue? Are you just over T20 cricket after well, the hard slog that was the big bash? Or? You know how I am with T20 cricket. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it is, yeah, a bit, bit of fatigue, a bit of viewer fatigue. And with, it, it also backed up from an Ashes series too. You've got to remember that. A lot of people that want to go watch cricket will go watch a test match, like an English yeah, Ashes, an Ashes tour, test. Yeah, rather than go and watch a T20 game. That's I, yeah, I still don't know where the future is for T20 internationals. It's just a standalone series. Um, like, everyone loves the World Cup. So, yeah, maybe just make all series World Cup qualifiers. That's I mean, they do that in soccer. Even everyone bar the host has to qualify. Um, but we probably don't have enough teams worry about that. Oh, we'd have enough teams. It would just depend on how many uh, call up, like how many entrants the ICC wants to put into that particular World Cup. As yeah. um, we Just as we sat down, Gary read us out a stat that uh, Germany had just knocked off the Philippines. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's plenty of T20 nations out there. It's just uh, hmm. whether or not uh, they're actually yeah. going to stand a chance of making Do, do you want to have a 32-team World Cup? In oh. in, in I, I want to say India take on Nepal. I think that would be a good game. <laughs> there would be no feeling there at all. Get, get Vanuatu in there. Or, yeah, a couple of well, little... Papua, Papua New Guinea had a team and they, um, they had a couple of pretty talented players in there. Not enough to really create a dent in... In winning any games, but I was watching a few of their their players go in those preliminary World Cup matches, and there was a handful of batsmen at middle order. Like, that guy is pretty handy. Yeah. If um, they get a few guys to play around him, mm. so I think there was two: their captain and one other guy. I think he batted at four for them. Were um, they were pretty handy. So there's there's some talented players out there. Yeah. It's just uh, they run yeah. into a buzzsaw when they come into the uh, full member nations, which is. <laughs> but I suppose that's the same with soccer as well. There's a, a hierarchy yeah. of teams. There's teams that are just we're happy to be here, and teams are like if we don't make the World Cup final, our fans may may riot. Yeah, but in, in, in soccer, you can just stack your defence and play with nine defenders like was some a, of these guys. Was it a World Cup <laughs> yeah. like final a couple of years ago? Brazil got absolutely slaughtered seven seven nil by France. It was France? a semi final. Was it? Yeah. It was. Was uh, it? Was it France? That no, I believe them? it was Portugal who, oh, okay. who absolutely put them to the sword. I thought it was funny because they were all just standing there like. Shrugging their shoulders like, I don't know. I don't know. We usually just do this and we don't do it. <laughs> it's soccer's certainly not my forte, but yeah, I think it was like 7 1 and it was, yeah, yeah the World Cup semi final. You sure it wasn't Germany? No, it the Germany Argentina uh, World Cup final? Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, Germany, I think you're right, you are. But yeah, yeah just yeah. monstered them. I was like, whoa, that would have been a cool game to watch. Why didn't I watch that one? They actually scored some goals. Yeah. All right, I think that'll do. I'm, I'm pretty excited. It was. I thought it was a good showing. The the T20s. I, I do agree that there probably needs to be uh, in the future, especially after Cricket Australia just wants to beat us over the head with T20 cricket in the form of the the BBL. I think there needs to be yeah some stakes. I think a little you know hype it up a little bit, especially because Sri Lanka was coming over here as a you know let's be fair, they're an underperforming nation that we're there. It's a team like. We, no one was excited to see that. Yeah, let's, let's be kind and say that they're in a redevelopment stage. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't sort of like India or you know, Pakistan or you know someone that 
would have, you know, we were expecting it to be a contest that we were expecting to probably yeah. win that 4-1 or 5-0. Mm. Um, and I, I think on the most part, for the probably, you know, two of the five games, three of the five games, Sri Lanka performed pretty admirably. I, just, I think they just bowled really well. Just didn't quite have enough runs on the board for yeah. a lot of the time. I think they bowled really well. That was the main thing. Mm. Australia never got away from them uh, in like in, in their back. Yeah, it was all. I think the two high scores were about one fifty odd. I think yeah. we lost a one fifty four run chase, and then we defended one forty nine. I think the others were pretty low. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's there's a bit to work with. There's some bright lights there. I'm I'm a big fan of Hasaranga and Sankar. If those guys play three yeah. formats for Sri Lanka, they're going to go. They're going to go all right. Yeah. Tell everybody in the place to just get out. We'll get clean together, and I'll find me a soapbox where I can shout it. Yeah, I can think of one or two things to say. Uh, listen. Oh, it's been a long time since we played that bit of music, and that's right. That means that I have a soapbox moment that I want to get off my chest. So um, sit back and listen to this. I'm going to try and be composed. It'll be a composed soapbox rather than just me yelling into the microphone and everyone like pulling their earphones out and waiting for me to shut up. I'm just going to calmly lay out my grievance with Cricket Australia at the moment and then uh, see what you guys think. Okay. So we've got to... Uh, we're, we backed out of a one-day international series against Zimbabwe. And Cricket Australia have announced that they are going to make up for that uh, one-day international series and they're going to play it in the top end during winter. So Zimbabwe gets to come out and play cricket against Australia. Happy days. Awesome. Love it. Love the work, Cricket Australia. And then as quickly as they impress everyone, they then go and undo all the good work. Zimbabwe has reached out and said, is there a chance that we can play a couple of T20s but Really, what we're interested in is playing a test. Just one test. We don't get to play a lot of tests. It would be great for our our players coming through to really sort of cut their teeth on playing in firing conditions against a side as great as yours. We And Cricket Australia, uh, uh, well, hasn't been official yet, but it's everyone saying the expected response is, no, we're too busy. Go away. Oh, no. Wrong. Absolutely. Wrong. Absolutely. Pick a second string test side yeah. if you have to. If you've got your pl- – that's exactly where I was going. If you've got your pl- – oh, we can't really. We've got Warner's too busy. He's got the 100 and the IPL and they don't have got time off. We've got a World Cup. Well, if they don't want to play the test, that's fine. There's – how many cricketers playing in Australia right now? All of them would give their right arm to, for a baggy green. I know there's three of them in this room. So if, uh-huh. if you're going to have people that step so. down and say, look, I like, I just haven't got the – I don't want to play it. I can't imagine any of the players would. But if there is scheduling issues, you know, so what if a Steve Smith turns into a Nick Maddinson for that one or a Mitchell Stark turns into a Jai Richardson or a – Play Australia, eh? Or a Michael – no, no, play Australia because it gets official test status. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. So don't do the disrespect of going, if you just play a first-class game against Australia A, bring them over, and if your best aren't available, pick your next best. But really, they should be available. It is test cricket. But I understand that there is a lot going on, and it's a last-minute change. But a Cricket Australia, 
needs to be good international neighbours because we've been horrible international neighbours since this pandemic came out. We've played almost no cricket. And here we have a developing nation trying to get back on its feet. I mean, since Zimbabwe have been playing international cricket, we have played three tests against them and two of them were over here. So we haven't really gone over and toured there. And that one of them was the one that Hayden scored. Hayden scored yeah, 380. Yeah. India, England and Australia are the three most wealthy boards. And they should be giving opportunities for these developing nations to play cricket and earn some money. Well, I, I think it's probably the best out of the three of them is actually England. As horrible as that sounds. Oh, none of them are that good. Yeah, but, but uh, if India only played for money and mm. Australia only plays for pride. Well, when's the last time you've seen England go and play anyone that was... Oh, they've had like Sri Lanka and Pakistan and... But they did they, cancel that West Indian tour. They did, they did, yeah. yeah. So yeah. none of them are that, that... None of them that good. Like they all no, just... No, they need to be better. They'll go and schedule games again. If India, if India came out and said, have you guys got time just to do a one-off test? Well, like that would be great. We'd be just... Yeah. We'd be moving MCG. all the deck chairs to make yeah. that happen. And, uh, well, even if they just make it like a top-end thing like they yeah, do. Leave it at the top-end. Make yeah. it a first... But, but do them the courtesy. Like they've come out and reached out to you. Like how many small nations are actually trying to going out of their way to try and play test cricket. All the thing is, oh, they've got to play T20s. It's the only way yeah. you make money. And this is a nation that's like, we want to play test cricket. And yeah. surely Australia, as, a, as an international neighbour that has been just ghastly for the last 24 months, pulling out of everything left, right and centre, we're, we're the number one test nation in the world, despite the fact that five, five tests ago we just lost our second straight Border Gavaska series on home soil. So yeah. I don't know how the ICC rankings work that out. Mm. Um, and yet we've got a team coming and asking us, let's have a test. Yeah. And if the yeah. only reason why is because, oh, we, you know, Cummins needs to go here and Warner needs to go there and he's like, fine, don't pick them. Yeah, I'd be very. You've, you've got a rotation policy anyway. I'd be very disappointed if Pat if they if Pat Cummins was one of those guys because he's the yeah. test he's he's the test captain. Yeah. And in, in my opinion, if he said we've scheduled a test because uh, yeah. it's like what we're doing, and Cummins is like, oh, I'm playing in the hundred. Be like, well, you can hand that blazer back, and we will find someone that gives a shit about test cricket. But I can't yeah. imagine that Pat Cummins is going to be that sort of person. He is yeah. the Australian test captain. You you. Cricketers yeah, understand even, what comes I with mean, that even responsibility. Even if we can't make it, we can, we can. Our second string attack is what Richardson, Nisa, uh, Nisa, and, and Scott Boland, uh, with maybe a debut going to Swepson. Swepson, yeah. but Nathan Lyon, I'd imagine, would be available. He doesn't play much franchise cricket. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. You know, it, this is this is what we should be doing. Yeah. This is what all the three wealthy nations should be doing is is making time for this to happen. And if that means that you've got, you know, your A reserve side mostly making that up, so they, then so be it. Yeah. It's like these are people, these are nations that are trying to get out and play more test cricket in the international landscape and just to slam the door in their face to go, oh, sorry, we've got a World Cup coming up in six months' time. Hmm. Uh, we can't fit that in, but we are. Don't look into it too far as we send our players to other, you know, every random spot on the globe so they can go and earn a bit of coin on the side. Yeah. 
They do know it only takes five days. That's what I mean. Like, like even if they go there like the day before and then go home the day after, most of them would go home that afternoon after day five. Plus, it's so I mean, six days. And, 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 and how, like, how often do you get to see uh, Test cricket in Darwin? Yeah. It's just it was just when I read that and that was just basically going to be dismissed out of hand for scheduling issues. I'm like, there has to be, has to be between now and the World Cup a week. Who's running the Australian books? That's what I want to know. There's gotta be a week between now and the World Cup where you can find eleven first class cricketers to put on a baggy green. And gives Zimbabwe a go. Because if that guy's running my business, I'm in trouble. No, nah, mate, I've got a job in six months. I can't help you. It's just stupid. I know that they're, they're, it's full on. They've got tours to Pakistan. They've got tours to Sri Lanka. They've got World Cup preparation. But if it means that we've got to run two separate tours at the same time, so be it. Like if we've got a, if we've got a, a limited overs tour somewhere, then you split the squads up. You send your your limited overs guns to the squad, and then you then go and give guys like Renshaw or these people that have been picked on the periphery of your Test match squad, and they get a chance to go. We like, let's not beat around the bush. With if Zimbabwe plays us in a Test, we're fully expecting to beat the pants to, to, to beat the pants off them. So what's the harm in exposing some? Players coming through to that level, and if we yeah, if it doesn't affect our World Test Championship standings because Zimbabwe aren't part of the World Test Championship, so if we drop the test because yeah. we ended up going with an understrength side, well then Australia goes well. If, if our you know next level down players are losing to a nation like Zimbabwe, then we've got some real development that we need to be doing at a domestic level. Like it's Definitely. just there's just no loss for Australia. It makes us look like we're good international neighbours. It, it helps a, a developing nation get a crack at cricket. Um, and it, it exposes more cricketers to How could test we cricket be in the middle of winter in front of the fire watching Pat oh, man, Cummins? Could, it, it could be the gate. Oh, this is for us. Yeah, you're not the 8-year-old you, streak. You're not lighting a fire in Darwin. <laughs> oh, no, no, at home. But what, it is, <laughs> what it is, it could open the gateway for a yeah. truly year-long calendar. It doesn't necessarily have to be international cricket in Australia, but if that, like you get enough exposure there, there's no reason why you can't have domestic tournaments that take place in Darwin during the winter. They already did top end tour with uh, like fringe domestic players and it was yeah. uh, you know it was a, a success in terms of the, the player in participation. But if you can get the people in Darwin rocking up in the deep of winter to watch some cricket, that that's great. Yeah, it's only thirty eight degrees in winter. <laughs> And so yes, that that is my that is my rant. That is my soapbox. I just cricket Australia, be better, be better. We want to watch that. It's not even about that. I I want to watch. I want to watch it too. But it's not even about that. It's about being a good international neighbour after spending the better part of two years in isolation. Who's in charge of Zimbabwe cricket now? Oh God, I don't have any idea. I I thought one of the flowers or Heath Streak had something to do with it. I'm sure Heath Streak's involved in some way. But I don't think any of I don't. Well, Andy's was a batting coach for England, so I don't know what he's. Yeah, probably had nothing to do with Zimbabwe now. I just want to watch um, Blessing Muzurbani go. That guy is awesome. Mm. Oh, I bet you this great player. He's like this <laughs> seven foot tall, <laughs> fast bowler. He's, you're not across the Zimbabwe, and uh... I'm not actually. <laughs> but I, I still remember Heath Streak and uh, Andy and Grant Flower, and they had some great players. Oh. Yeah. No doubt. 
the flowers, like we're oh, there's something oh. about watching a a great carrier, not so great nation as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's something about that. You 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 rock up to see Andy Flower, sort of go. I am just going to drag this sign well, by the it, scruff of its, it's neck. It's a bit you know. like uh, Brian Lara towards the tail end of his career. Yeah. He sort of, he was certainly a class above his teammates and mm. putting them on his back. And yeah, like it's just, I'm just excited to see. Like we've we've already turned down Afghanistan twice. Yeah. And now we've got Zimbabwe coming out, going, "Can we have a crack?" And we're turning them down. I actually think if I was running the ICC. I would be making it compulsory for all of the World Test Championship nations, so the, the eight teams that are involved in that. Yeah. All of them have to schedule in that in their two year cycle yeah. a home tour and an a or a home series and an away series against a, a nation not in the World Test Championship. Minimum of three tests. I, I, yeah. I'm yeah, not gonna go that I'm not gonna go that far because no, no. there there are, <laughs> there are nations that are will be busy and struggling and have lots to fit in. But yeah. they should be at least one test, preferably more, at least preferably two, but at least one they've got to host yeah. an associate nation yeah. and they've got to go tour an associate nation. Well, I think the, the Afghanistan thing is, is different. I think that's yeah. sanctioned by yeah. the international. Yeah, that's fair enough. But, like, yeah. you know, we've had we've now had, and for very good reasons, there was COVID restrictions the, the last time around. They just couldn't fit the... The, the tour. Admittedly, it was because of the IPL and when that finished and then trying to get players back in time to do the isolation and it just it never worked out. So there were legitimate reasons, but it, it just shows at the moment, in the last two years, we've had two nations, you know, test nations that aren't part of the World Test Championship, well, three now, that we, if we're going to say no to Zimbabwe, three nations that have come up and said, can we have a test? And the, the eventual answer, for whatever reason, has been no. And it's yeah. just... Do you ever feel like a cricket Australia is a little bit like your mum? <laughs> she always says, ask your dad. She just doesn't want to say no. But isn't you know usually, she's going to. Isn't that usually the other way around? You go and ask dad and dad goes, ask your mother. Yeah, because he, he doesn't want to say no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different household, that's right. Yeah, mm. um, yeah it's just... I think it would be good for world cricket if these guys are playing more cricket. So that's what I'd be having that. In a two-year cycle, you need to tour on a... Where, an associate nation, and you need to have one tour. Whether that's one test or two tests or you can fit in three tests. I mean, for, for mine, I think that every time that you go tour England, before or after, you should be playing against Ireland. I mean, it's well, not even it, that far out of the way. That used to be a thing. They used to yeah. always play the, was it the Irish Lions. English Lions. No, 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 no. They used to be a like a warm-up game against Irish then they'd go into England and play some of the counties and, like, no. it was a full-on thing. But, so, like, I just don't see, like, you can make make the tour an extra three weeks longer and you go to Ireland first or go to Ireland after, do your tour against England, and then you just hop on a boat. You're in Ireland. Ta-da, let's play a game of cricket. And then you get out of there. Like, the whole trip maybe lasts ten extra days. And that's, you've knocked out one of your, uh, well, that's our tour done. Cool. Yeah. And then you've just got to find, and like for a team like India, they'd just be crying to go and play against them. So like they could drag yeah. Afghanistan yeah. over, no worries at all. Like they might actually play Pakistan. That'd be interesting. Pakistan's not a minnow nation. Yes, but India and Pakistan are not friends. I know. 
So I love reading on the internet what's the uh, the best bilateral rivalry out there, Australia-England or India-Pakistan, and everyone's mm. going, India-Pakistan, and I always <laughs> chime in with a, I wasn't aware you guys even had a bilateral rivalry. <laughs> I, I remember some World Cup fixtures, but uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember the last time I've actually seen you guys uh, play against each other. Uh, and everyone's like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> On the occasion when they do, though, it's deeply personal. I mean... Oh, you know, we we, we the give the English game? plenty of crap, but we've we've never been in open warfare. <laughs> I don't know. Body line, we were pretty close, I reckon. Yeah, I know. I oh, what's that? The Germans are invading again? Well, we still remember it happened in 1933. We ain't coming. <laughs> what? We are coming? Oh, right, we're coming. Okay. <laughs> Mum said we had to. <laughs> yeah, Mum said we had to. <laughs> Go straight down the throat of first slips. All right, we are now talking about the great Richie Benno in honour of, of the date. We're not worthy. 22-2-2022. Like I said, I'm not doing the accent anymore. I won't disrespect the man like that. But, yeah, the great Richie Benno, Australia's, uh, one of Australia's prominent all-rounders from history, a former captain, you know, blonde leg spinner, you know, commentator extraordinaire. He wore a button-up shirt when he played. It was great. He was uh, 12th man, inspired the 12th man to make just so many rock-solid, amazing albums. <laughs> I don't know about solid, but... They, know, were, they were funny. They were funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, fantastic cricketer, and we thought we'd take a bit of time to chat about just how good a cricketer he was. So uh, Richie Benno ended up with a career average of 24 with the ball? No, with the bat. With the bat. Uh, <clears throat> 2,000, well, 2,200 runs, 950s, 300s. Uh, not a bad going. Not bad going for the all-rounder. Yeah. Ended up with 248 wickets at 27. Best bowling of 7 for 72. Ended up with 16 five-wicket hauls and one 10-wicket match. And uh, as a captain... Only lost four times. Only four. Only four in his entire career. Yeah. I believe he never lost a series. He's Richie. Yep. The great man. Yeah. Oh, how Richie. And uh, just backing onto that, he's also one of ten, I think, cricketers that have got the double of more than 10,000 first-class runs and uh, was it 5,000 wickets, I think? What? 500. 500. 5,000 5, wickets. Yeah. <laughs> One of 10. 500 wickets. So he has over 10,000 first class runs and 500 wickets. He must have still been playing up until. <laughs> his exact number. Well, he almost cracked 1,000. His exact number was 11,719 runs at 36. Which is not a bad click, actually. 23 first class hundreds and 945. Uh, wickets at an average of 24. Mm. So we all talk about Shane Warne being the like preeminent leg spinner for Australia, and, and he really was. But uh, Richie Benno's, you know, 248 wickets at 27. Yeah, that's pretty fair if, going. If you look at it from a purely money ball perspective, let's just go like bowling average, batting average. Richie wins every time. Yeah, you see, like Warne, what, what he was 25, 24, 25 with the ball. But only averaged about 15 with the bat. Didn't he also? Wasn't he Australia's leading duck getter for a while? Yeah, well, I mean, he was around for so long. Yeah, but Glenn McGrath then learned how to bat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, uh, Richie 
averages more with the bat. He also he makes up. He's got a top score of 122. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's actually a lot of twos in his stats. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Um, he was also in charge for the inaugural Frank Oil Trophy against the West Indies, and right. that included that tied test. test. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he hit 100 runs against the West Indies in 78 minutes, which is the third fastest century of all time in terms of minutes at the crease, mm. and the second fastest by an Australian. Jeez. So, you know, he could take the long handle when, when he needed to. I, I like that thought of Richie just going, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> All right, boys, watch this. <laughs> well, that, that very, that very um, high-pitched talk that they all did back then, because that's how it works. I don't, I don't know what I want to see more is Richie Benno doing that or the... The Billy Birmingham, Richie Benno, doing that. <laughs> I can't imagine what would be funny. Yeah, well, it's funny. Like oh, I was reading that he stopped using the, the marvellous. He stopped saying marvellous because he felt that Billy Birmingham, I mean the 12th man, overdid it. So after that, he started using glorious. Well, when they didn't, they, it went top ten. I'm pretty sure the marvelous twelfth man, marvelous. Oh, like it was, it was. I know it was big at the Hussey household. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, so he's got a fair exploits as a cricketer, but from then, obviously, I think most uh, you know most people our age would re- recognise Richie Moore from his exploits in the commentary box, which is obviously what inspired the twelfth man. Yeah. Uh, so he's. He, uh, I just love this. It, after the 1956 England tour, he just went, right, cool, done, finished. Oh, I'm just not going to come home. Thanks, guys. And then just rocked up to the BBC yeah. and learned to be a cricket journalist. Mm. I'm just like, that's great. He's just gone, nah, cool, done, yeah. cricket's done, straight into his next career. You know, like, let's go home and we'll just uh, you know, spend some time with the family and stuff and mm-hmm. then we'll get get into it, you know, maybe have a gap year and get back into the rigours of full-time work. He's just yeah. like, all right, lads, Good series. Thanks very much. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Having a safe flight. Thank you. Yep, yep. So I'll see. What about you, Rich? No, no, I've got a job. He wanted to get the jump on Daryl Eastlake. <laughs> <laughs> two different commentating styles, those two, didn't they? Uh, and, uh, yeah, so then started, that's what started off what has been a, um, a prolific commentary career. And he, uh, he always had some... He's, he's won awards for his commentating. Which he should have. I always mm. remember reading the um, his rules for commentary or his guidelines for commentary, and then uh, when thinking about that, just realizing how little the current commentary team follows those rules. But oh, uh, yeah, apparently a guy named Brian Johnson um, was a mentor to him early on when he started commentating. And you want to say it? No, no, no. <laughs> you, you started the point. Um, oh, I've got yeah. more points to add. Uh, this so is... it was the, the, the phrase that became his mantra was, um, unless you can add to the picture, don't say anything, or something like that. Oh, that is a great point. Yeah. That guy needs to go and introduce himself to Shane Warne because that is all Shane Warne does. Yeah. Adds to points. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, just, yeah, I'm, st- I'm still angry at his up. Michael Warne, oh. Johnny Bairstow, Anecdote. I'm not even sure that, that Shane Warne even looks at the picture to see if there's there's anything that he yeah. can add. Oh, he's just like, I think he's got his eyes closed and he's just talking about himself the whole yeah. time. Yeah, he's just looking at the TV screen going, hmm. He can see his reflection. He's just like, oh. This, this picture could use some more Shane. And 
Yeah. And then eventually he goes and talks about himself. Needs more dog. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, these were released, I think there were nine. And um, so there was develop a distinctive style. You can, can't say that Richie didn't have a distinctive style. Put your brain into gear before opening your mouth. Yeah. There are no teams in the TV world called we or they. Which ah. I think is great. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, that is good. Uh, and, and a point on that, I think we all remember the uh, the after the game, the, the underarm ball, and Jen just yeah. listening to Richie just tear shreds <laughs> off the chapel. That's the most animated I think I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. I don't think and, I've ever heard him. And anyways. so I think if anyone had any doubts that, oh, this is just some Aussie commentator out here and talking good things about the boys, that was. There was no more talk of that after that. Like, Richie Benno lived by that. There are no we or they. He just talked cricket. Yeah. Um, concentrate fiercely at all times. And I don't think the commentators today do that a great deal. <laughs> Too busy talking about that one that slaps spilled the other day. Remember that time, man, you're out in the deep and you dropped that catch, slats? <laughs> we'll just, we'll just oh, drag the footage up. What, what happened? I, don't, I wasn't watching. I was laughing at slats. Yeah. Um, uh, try to avoid allowing these past your lips. Of course, as you can see on the screen, you know I tell you what. Never say that's a tragedy or a disaster. The Titanic was a tragedy. The Ethiopian drought was a disaster and neither bears any relation to a dropped catch. <laughs> that's, that's so true. Never ask a statement. Remember the value of the pause and above all, don't take yourself too seriously and have fun. Yeah. And I think that that's just more people need to look at this I, I and think stop maybe, trying to manufacture yeah. a, mm. a brand and mm. just talk cricket. The yeah. most frustrating thing is, I think, is people like Mark Howard and a few of the other guys that will do the Fox Sports commentary and then jump into doing Triple M. Yeah. yeah. And they commentate like they're on. Yeah. Like it's on screen, and it's just like, no, you need to tell us what's happening. Yeah, I don't, I we, don't. We don't have the visual cues. You can say that's a cracking shot on TV because everyone's seen it, but on on right. radio, you kind of need to go and what a majestic cover drive from Smith, yeah. and you know, beats the outstretched hand of the diving cover. And it's not. It's just. It's just more of hanging around around the microphone, like because a lot of the time they're. Mark Howard will be doing those Triple M calls from the ground. So yeah. he, he can still see the game and yeah. just he just commentates like his audience can as well. I just yeah. And, yeah, more people could learn I just, from I like, just think more love love for the game rather than love for your own career. I think there's I mean, a lot of people in, the, in it for themselves and not yeah. so much for the game. Where Richie, Richie loved cricket. Yeah, exactly. And you can tell, like... Whenever they trot out Bill Laurie's stuff, you can just hear that he just loves the game. He yeah. just, um, that's why his voice was so excited all the time. Or, well, you know, the, the classics. Richie Reno, I don't think, would survive in today's broadcasting climate because he was always, always a staunch advocate that uh, cricket should be available on free-to-air TV. Yeah. yeah. And his last stint in commentary over in England was the 2005 Ashes series because that was the last time that Test Cricket was actually broadcast on free-to-air TV. Yeah, on Channel 4. And uh, yeah, after yeah. that, he um, he stopped, came back and didn't go over there anymore. So, yep. uh, and I just... so he didn't uh, retire to his French vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. He had links to France, didn't he? 
Um, sure he did. Yeah. yeah, there was, uh, I think, ancestry there. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure whether he owned a, a vineyard over there that uh, had a suspect-sounding name. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, do you remember, I do, I remember this, do you remember his final stint on commentary for that series? Hmm. With the dead air, I'm assuming that you don't specifically remember. He's, he was I, giving, I remember the 2005 Ashes. He was giving a sort of a farewell address, and during that address, Glenn McGrath took the wicket of Kevin Peterson. Yeah. And I just love how seamlessly he switched gears from giving like a bit of a soliloquy about, you know, thanks for having me, England's great, and I'm really going to miss working here, and then, oh, he's got him, and then just just worked it into, yeah. Yeah. into his thing. He just didn't seem to get stumped and caught out. Yeah. And um, in, a, in my research uh, for some of the things that he's done, there was um, there was a time it was New Zealand were looking like winning a, a test match in England. And um, it must have been fairly oh, – I'm trying to think of what it was. Was it Lords? I think it was Lords 99. Hang on, I've got the, I've got the information in front of me. Oh, um, New Zealand were about to clinch victory in, in Lords in 99 and he stepped out and allowed Ian Smith – the, the Kiwi ex Kiwi yeah. wicketkeeper to come in and commentate on his countrymen winning a, a test at Lords. So yeah. he just he's just a guy that just even yeah when he shouldn't be he's always thinking outside the box and thinking about the game and you know of course Richie Benno would do a fantastic job calling the end of that game but how much more is it going to mean for New Zealand cricket to have Ian Smith you know presiding over the microphone as their team win the test like he just always seemed to a team player oh not only a team player but you just always seem to have that sixth sense about and what he, was the right string to, to pull yeah. and sense of occasion yeah yeah mm. and and so it's it's no wonder that uh he's one of the more loved cricketing personalities on the across the globe and he's had such a an impact on pop culture like not only the 12th man but uh also the richies as well Oh, yeah, the Richies. Yeah. Um, 2016 at the SCG um, was officially became a Richie Benno day as 501 it's... Richie Benno impersonators were at the ground. So always day two, right? Day two. Yeah. 501. And <laughs> be hot. Yeah. And they're in they, the bone, the white, the green, the ivory on the beige. And you're not allowed to complain about how hot it is. That's one of their rules. <laughs> if you do, you have to scold a beer. So probably people still just complain that <laughs> it's really hot. I'm going to start complaining. I don't need another beer. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a whole heap of rules around the Richies, right? You've got to applaud both sides. Uh, um, yeah, talk about yeah, just admire good cricket. Um, and you're not allowed to get out of costume. You're stuck yeah, in the you're, you're yeah, stuff yeah. in the bone, the white, yeah, the off right. white, the green, the ivory, the beige. beige. For the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is a spectacle, though. But he, it's he it's won a so wonderful many, thing. He won so many awards in his career, though. Do you think that we'll see another Richie, another player mm. loved like that? Do you, have, do you think there's another, either a recently retired cricketer or one that's currently playing that you could see them becoming that sort of almost folklore, like pop mm. culture... Well, kind of, I, I've I've no doubt that Richie Benno's accent certainly helped because he had he had that unique sound. But he was also 
just synonymous with cricket for decades. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, and and so the the personality well, he had combined with the fact he was very good at his job, and I think the twelfth man certainly helped that as well. And the fact but, that he, he just had the distinct um, wardrobe as well, mm, which was uh, <laughs> Kerry Packer. But he's but he's got yeah, this he, cult following. Yeah. So do you think there's any cricketers out there that are in danger of becoming the next cult? I mean, we sort of had Merv Hughes, but even he's yeah. not. Uh, he ate one too many polos. He can't get up to this. Well, I, the I, same I, level I as Richard you, Benner. You've got to be in the commentary box for decades. Um, maybe Adam Zampa. He's got mm. a bit of charisma. Uh, I reckon maybe, look at it this way, you look how long Paul Rifle played the game for. Now he's an umpire. Yeah. When he's finished umpiring, yeah. he'll end up in the commentary I, box. I he'll be 130. I don't think he's much of a talker, though. Uh, I've heard that Paul Rifle is, is you yeah, know, yeah. kind of... He's Although a, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Bit well, of no nonsense. I, I think if I was, if someone said to me, put some put some money on for a long term bet, who's going to be the next well loved individual on that sort of taking the taking yeah. the piss out of it a little bit, but in a respectful way, like that homage sort of mm. dressing up, and I reckon Manus Labuschagne, if he gets into the commentary box, yeah. If he and gets and the, has a, a, a long, I reckon Marnus will be one of the guys that will get it. Do you think he will scream down the mic, oh, it's a lowie? <laughs> he will just scream out going, no but run! I, but I don't know, does he have, maybe as he gets older and becomes a distinguished gentleman, maybe he'll have the class of I, I, I think he's got enough charisma to be a really likeable person in the commentary box, but mm. you're right, he does need to. He's a little hyperactive. Yeah, he just needs to just tone it down just a touch. But yeah. I, I think he's a guy that just. Leaves, breathes cricket. Like, did you see the video the other day where he got that oh. rubber mat and then stapled like <laughs> drilled so bits cool. of aluminium to make the ball do different things? So yeah, the weird learn. thing is, I looked at it and I'm like, I can make that. Yeah, I can play cricket inside. You know, Steve Smith apparently got a hold of him and said, Matt, nah, you've done that wrong. The aluminium pieces are too big. You need to make them smaller because they're less predictable. I'm like, these two are insane. <laughs> With no joke. No, no yeah, jokes. You've done that wrong. Like, but no. I just love the fact No, mate, that- this is the way you do it. I've been doing it for years. Well, actually... Segwaying a little bit on, yeah, on right. this point, they've announced that uh, our spin coach isn't going to Pakistan because he's yeah. Indian. So I don't know what the reason is behind that, but he's not going. And right. they just made the point if he was Indian. I'm like, well, if Marnus Labuschagne is screwing aluminium to rubber in his backyard to learn yeah. how to face spin, I don't really know what we're paying that guy for. Yeah. Mm. Like, if we're going to that length to figure out spin, like, I don't know if we need to be paying for a spin coach, to be perfectly honest. You watched that video, right? He got bowled, like, four times. Yeah, but the ball did all sorts of weird, wonderful things. And he was was using one of those practice bat things. Yeah. This was. And, like, any shorts and dongs. (laughs) It was Um, a tennis ball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just a circling back now to, to, to Richie Benno. We've we've done our our, our, our segue, our off-topic yeah, yeah. slant. Uh, just yeah, one of the truly great characters of of cricket of all time. I, I think I can't remember who said it, but someone said that he thinks that Richie Benno is probably the most influential cricketer in cricket's history. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. And I think it's amazing that when you look at his career, no disrespect to the man. But it's not amazing. It's good, but yeah. a batting average in the low in the high twenties and a bowling average in the in the mid twenties. 
that, that's that's not I mean, stellar. It's he, not it's not makes, sobers. It's he, not. He makes the side as a bowler. Yeah, and his batting is handy. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like you look at Hadley. Hadley's got a, a batting average in the mid twenties, but his bowling average was like yeah. twenty two, twenty one. Like, and it's not that low. He's got a good career, but it's not amazing. It's not yeah. sobers. It's not Bradman. It's not Richards. It's, I mean, these days he'd, he'd bat at eight. Yeah, and he'd be in the side as a spinner. Yeah. But for a guy that didn't have such a gargantuan impact as a player, for te- that's kind of accolades that this is the most influential cricketer in its history. So more influential than, than Don Bradman. I think that was the yeah. sort of like the asterisk, but yeah. like uh, I think that it was arguably the most was the way they phrased it. And yeah. to be fair... It depends on which generation you were born in. Yeah, but even even now, if you, if you walk up to someone who doesn't know anything about cricket and you ask them to name two Australian cricketers... From you know twenty years ago plus plus, I reckon they are the two names that come up. Oh with. yeah, Richie Bano and Dodd Ratman are synonymous with Australian cricket, and yeah. I just think what Richie's done outside of the game as well is, mm. I can I can see where I, I personally think it's, it's Bradman. It's, Bradman, I for mine is the most influential cricketer. Yeah. In cricket's history, but I can certainly appreciate the argument that they've made for for Richie Benno. Mm. Richie, Richie Benno bought cricket from the. The other side of the world into my lounge room. Yeah. And I loved it for it. He fits like an old pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to finish on both yeah. of those notes because you're 100% right. He brought cricket from the other side of the world to our lounge rooms. He was the soothing voice of summer. It wasn't summer until you heard, uh, welcome back to Nine's Wild World of Sports. And uh, we did. We did love him. And. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see that the the Australian cricket landscape won't let him be forgotten. We love you, Richie. He's got a statue. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that will bring our episode to a close for tonight. Thank you for indulging us in our uh, nostalgic to chat about Richie Benno and our, our rant about Cricket Australia. Uh, we've got all sorts of cricket goodness coming up. In not too long, the Pakistan tour is only just around the corner. I am very, very excited for that one. I've taken time off work. It's great. Oh, I should do that. What time's the game start? I, I don't might, care. I might I'm not, not going need, to work. I might not need to. If they're played at night, I'll be home. So, mm-hmm. Well, it's in Pakistan, which is in, you know next door to India. So it'll start late afternoon. Yeah, that works for me. It and does. Sort of like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, done. All right. All right, that'll do us. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, bye for now. See you, guys. Bye. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.